One day, many years ago, when I was a young space traveler looking for the discrepancies of the universe, I had a dream. In this dream, I was in a dark, damp alleyway surrounded by grey brick walls. There was even one of those classic alleyway fire escapes made of red steel that ascended to the floors above. While in this peculiar picture-perfect place, I found myself sporting a compact jetpack that strapped to my back and gave me the ability to fly. There I was, scooting around the alleyway, when suddenly, I became aware. I knew what I was doing, and I knew that I was dreaming. So I used all of my mental power to try and fly further past the alleyway to freedom. But as soon as I crossed that threshold of the roof, I woke up. I believe this to be the first and only time I've ever had a lucid dream. Dreams in their own right are amazing, but what if we had the ability to control them? Today we're interviewing a dream extraordinaire, someone who has purposefully and repeatedly woken up in his own dreams to explore the magic of his subconscious. He's a professional actor and comedian, and he has one of the most contagious laughs I personally have ever heard. I'm Riel Ritchie, with my co-host Sarah Iranka, and this is Lucid Dreaming. Okay, okay, lucid dreaming. Ever heard of it? Okay, I think so. I have a feeling that lucid dreaming relates to what my dreams are, but I think I need a definition. And now it is time for a segment we like to call Mariam's Word, where we consult the dictionary for their definition on lucid dreaming. The Collins Dictionary defines lucid dreaming as a dream in which the dreamer is aware that they are dreaming and can sometimes influence the course of the dream. This has been Mariam's Word. Okay, so essentially it's being able to control your dreams, either uh, being aware that you're dreaming or, on the other hand, actually getting to change your dream. Like, you know you're dreaming, so you change it. Okay, yeah, I, th- I think that's how my dreams go. A lot of the times when I want something to happen, I'm just like, okay, play it out like this so that it happens. So I kind of am lucid dreaming, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm like a director where I'm just like, don't stop rolling. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Uh, it, this is gold. This is gold. The actors are doing right. great. Like I'm, I'm like that. But mm. anytime that it's boring or stale, like I feel like I jump in. And and the reason for that is because a lot of my dreams become the basis for my creative work in real life. Today we have a dream expert. Hello, everybody. My name is Kyle Hare, dream enthusiast, uh, <laughs> Spider-Man fan. <laughs> so right off the bat, I asked Kyle what kind of things he did to start lucid dreaming. What did the prep work look like? Um, so first of all, uh, you've got to be really patient. If you're going to be a lucid dreamer, there it takes a long time to really start it. Like it, Leading up to my first actual lucid dream, it probably took me about a month 
of uh, keeping a dream journal is the most important thing. It's fun to just have like a log of all the funky dreams that you've had. But what's most important is recognizing like dream factors, what sort of things are constant in, in your dreams over a long time. So like for me personally, um, things that I could witness in a dream that made me realize I was in a dream was that I found an item or an object or a thing that I, I was missing in real life. I had been looking for and it's been on my mind. Or uh, I'll see like a collection of video games. Like I'll be like in an EB game store or like a vintage game store and it's all video games that have never existed. Or like video games that have existed but they're alternate art. Like my <laughs> the box arts and the sticker arts are different than what they were in reality. These are things that I, I've, I've witnessed that will happen every couple dreams or so that I, I can like sort of acknowledge and be like, oh wait, like I'm dreaming right now. And there's things you can do like in real life to help make that happen too. Like, uh, you know, there's certain foods you can eat that help boost brain activity, like bananas and other such grains will help you do that. Uh, I, or I find in my day, if I just think every now and again, I'm in reality, I'm awake, later I will be asleep. That's sort of something if you just keep doing throughout the day, uh, when you dream, you'll be able to also connect the dots better too. I'm in reality right now. I'm in reality. Yeah, I'm in reality. Right? I'm awake. Like it's That's crazy. just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially if you say it out loud, I'm in reality. Yeah. Everyone's I'm in reality. I am awake. And it's like, hey, Kyle, uh, we're in the middle of a math <laughs> test. I need you to pipe down over there. Or you're going to fail it. <laughs> so. I wanted to look into what kind of food you can eat that might help, as Kyle said, boost brain activity, and if that's even possible at all. And yes, what you're looking for in your food is vitamin B6, okay? So you can take supplements, or you can try eating foods such as grains, liver, meat, eggs, beans, nuts, and lo and behold, bananas. Another expert recommends eating foods containing tryptophan as it works together with B6 to help you achieve those lucid dreams. You're going to want to eat that three hours before bed. Foods rich in tryptophan are chicken, turkey, soybeans, and hard cheeses. In addition to these steps, it is super important to get a restful sleep in order to lucid dream. That means make sure you are getting enough calcium and enough magnesium in your day. Please feel free to try eating B6 foods, but please don't go overboard. Experts do warn against ingesting more than a thousand milligrams of B6 a day as it can have adverse effects. So cool it, all right? Oh, oh, also, if you're looking to lucid dream, make sure you aren't eating too late so that your body isn't busy still digesting food while you're trying to sleep. All right, back to the episode. I wanted to know how Kyle got into this whole thing. Like, did he just randomly start researching lucid dreaming and wanted to try it? Or had it happened to him first and he wanted more? I, I had sort of, I've always had like very intense, vivid and creative dreams. And it's sort of, it was when I discovered the topic of lucid dreaming, I brought it up to a friend of mine uh, in high school and she was like, oh, yeah, no, I've done lucid dreaming. It's, it's really cool. And it's it's very real. And I said, Missy, is this is that's real? And she's like, yeah, 
yeah, you can you can absolutely do that, and I encourage you. And she's like, but be careful, because that will kind of mess with your reality a little bit. And it can be a little weird if you interact with people from your real life in your dream. Sometimes they'll fake you out. Then Kyle talks a bit about other commonalities with people who also have lucid dreams. And besides our own personal uh, factors, there are also just some universal laws of dreaming. So light switches inside of every person's dream will not work. You can flick them and they do nothing. Our brain can't like invent electricity uh, and current. Yeah, they sort of, (laughs) you just flick switches and they do nothing. And same for anything that keeps time, watches, clocks. If you were to look at a clock, you can read the time. But if you look away and look back, it'll be a completely different time. It could be three hours before. (laughs) I think that's part of the brain's trick is that they don't want you to realize that you're in the dream. You know, you sort of gloss over that as a fact that wasn't particularly important. Because you can make all these conscious efforts to lucid dream, but your brain also doesn't want you to have that free control. It will try and shut you out as as much as it can from getting control. Because that's like the biggest thing is that when you start to lucid dream and you start to recognize the factors and you get that moment of, hey, I'm in a dream, people get that all the time. But that what they don't realize is that's the most crucial part of lucid dreaming is because when you get that moment of realization, you have to mentally grab onto that with everything you have. And your brain will start to try and wake you up. You'll sort of, I'll, I describe it as a wave of immense pressure. It, it's almost like a headache inside of your dream. It's trying to wake you up so that you don't gain control. And the first several times that you try to achieve lucidity, it will kick you out. But with the practice of withstanding that pressure, you'll eventually exist within it. And then that's when you go lucid. So we got the kind of food you should eat. We got some mindful practices for your day-to-day to help you prepare for lucid dreaming. We have things you should look out for while you're dreaming to realize that you're actually in the dream. And finally, Kyle is going to talk about how he manages to control aspects of his dream. Listen. I found for me as a lucid dreamer, uh, to make the dreams do what I want them to do, I had to verbalize the commands that I wanted to happen. The first time I went lucid, I was on a school bus and I sort of had that realization. And so when I withstood the wave, I said, stop the bus. And I got off the bus and we were next to a large grassy expanse. And I got back on the bus and I said out loud, I want to be at the beach. And I turned around, got off the bus, and there I was at a huge beach with uh, tons of beachgoers, everyone swimming or surfing playing volleyball, typical summer story. And then I demanded to the world that I wanted ice cream. And when I looked away and looked back, there was an ice cream stand next to me and I was handed a cone. It was mint chocolate chip flavor, which I think is pretty mediocre, but I figured yeah. <laughs> I would get better flavors the better I became at least yeah. dreaming. Now, now this is getting kind of meta because if you think about it, you, you're saying out loud in your dream but in reality, you're saying it out loud in your head. Yeah. You know what I mean? There is no such thing as out loud in a dream. It's all still in your head. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's the sort of the, the physical rules of the dreamscape. <laughs> now that I've given you a little bit of understanding on the prep work involved in lucid dreaming, 
I wanted to play you a few stories that Kyle told me about his experience with lucid dreaming. And warning, they are amazing. Each so intricate and really says something about Kyle himself. Because I know that I'm saying Inception is bullshit, but what is real about Inception is that there are layers to dreaming. And after I tell the story, you know, we could argue that maybe there aren't really layers, and I've convinced myself there are layers because of the details of the dream. But also, I mean, we could argue that till the cows come home because there's no way I guess we can actually prove that without having like a physical test, but we can't because it's our brains. And so this, this story is about uh, me exploring layers for the one and only time that I've had the, the mental fortitude to be able to do it. <laughs> so let me paint a picture for you. I dreamt one night that I was on a coastal resort. Ah, ah. White stone dwellings, terracotta paths, shrubbery strewn about, all leading downhill towards the ocean. Think Mamma Mia the movie. I began to notice I was dreaming, so I went lucid. And instead of the usual tomfoolery, I decided to try going down in layers. I found a vacant room in this resort to lay down in, and I slowly drifted to sleep. I was then in the second layer of the dream. The setting was mostly the same as before, except that the colors began to be a bit off. Everything was the same color, but it was like there was a slight kaleidoscope effect over my vision at about 10% opacity. Which, Google that if you don't know what opacity is. That one's for all my digital artists out there. There you go. Yeah, you get it. <laughs> After exploring and finding little to no difference in the second layer, I found another bed in this resort, and I slept into the third layer of dreaming. And this is where things drastically changed. Everything that was physical wasn't exclusively physical anymore. The buildings and hedges I could still tell were there, but they were mostly see-through with white chalk outlines signifying the boundaries of their existence. I could move through walls of these spaces while still being able to rest my hand against what was once a wall. It was very conceptual in nature, the, the rules of physicality in this layer. And then visually, the kaleidoscope effect that was in overdrive, uh, it was all colors of the rainbow existing all around me at all times, constantly moving uh, with no particular pattern, just shimmering and fluctuating. And there were still people milling about too, but similar to the walls, they were just kind of white chalk outlines floating around, milling about, and I couldn't collide with them either, like they would just go right through me, I'd go right through them. They, they wouldn't register me as there. I was just a ghost, really. I was, I was a ghost in this space. Now that I was three layers deep, it was, it was very intense, so I wasn't able to stay there for more than like five minutes at least. And then I, I, had, I had woken up and back to the second layer where everything was still mostly the same and that slight kaleidoscope effect was there and then I milled about for a moment just to see if anything else was different and then I woke back up into the first layer regained my composure and then slowly woke myself back up to reality 
Oh my God, you woke up in each layer. <clears throat> you didn't just go from like layer three to back conscious. You had to wake up. That's crazy. I had to wake up into each sec uh, separate layer, which is why like, you know, anyone could argue that layers don't exist, but it's like, that's what, that feels concrete enough that I, I didn't go straight back to consciousness. That's it. That's not wow. a crazy story. Crazy story. Yeah, I don't doubt. I only had one instance where I was in a layer, I guess. And that was a bad experience. That was the same experience where I was hyperventilating when mm -hmm. I woke up. This was actually, I, I thought I was awake in real life because I was in the exact same place and everything looked exactly the way that I would if I woke up in reality. Oh, wow. The only, yeah, the only thing that happened is my childhood dog ran up to me <gasps> and I was like, I try to collect my dog and be like, oh my God, oh my God, my dog's feet are so cold. It's so cold on the floor. And I was like, I have to warm up my dog. And uh, I was so happy that my dog was there with me. And then I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I have no dog anymore. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. And then I'm like, all right, go back to sleep. And so I went, I went right. back to sleep or I tried to. And this time I started hyperventilating and then I was, I was awakened, I guess. I woke from the person next to me kind of pushing me and be like, whoa, are you okay? And I was like, oh, my God. So I was actually – I actually did start breathing really mm -hmm. heavily. Yeah, panicking. Yeah. So that was my only layer layer story. It's interesting that your story has dog who had passed away because the next story that Kyle tells is about his grandmother. Mm. Yeah. This one's a nicer – like a very touching story in my opinion. Two years ago uh, – my grandmother passed away and obviously grief isn't easy for anybody but i know that i particularly carried a lot of guilt and shame because it had been a long time since i could see her and i just got so caught up with work and getting time off from my shitty job to just visit my family anyway was like hard enough to get as is that there's a lot of things i just haven't thought to do because that spare time I could scarcely get was to go visit my family. And so about two months after she passed away, I had this dream that all of my family on that side, we were all together in a field in Newfoundland having a picnic and enjoying a sort of warm winter day. There was snow on the field, but the sun was out. We were all dressed lightly. We we're all just having a grand old time together. And sitting at the picnic was my grandmother and I didn't necessarily need any other triggers other than seeing her to go lucid immediately. And, uh, and so I sat down at the picnic and I, I asked her how she was doing and, and how things were in heaven. And she told me that things were good up there. You know, she was, she was happy being there and happy that she could look over us from above and such. And I, I told her, I told her that I, I loved her and I missed her so much and that I apologized I, I, I was like sobbing in my dream. I was like, I'm so sorry that I didn't get to see you. I'm so sorry I, I couldn't come to see you. Because I, I will say, side note, I was going to go see her. My dad was going to fly up to Ontario so the two of us could go see her. And the day before his flight, she died. I missed my window. I, 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 I did. I could have seen her, but I didn't. So I'm, I'm sobbing in my dream, telling her I'm so sorry, you know, that I just missed it. And, you know, she told me to not say sorry and that it's okay and that she loves me. And that's just, like, how things happen. We can't control that. 
And so we, for the most part, we just started to shoot the shit. You know, I'd, I talked to her about work and, and life and my friends. And she told me just about her home and memories with the family. And dreams come to an end. I could feel it. I could feel myself starting to wake up. And I really didn't want to go. And I, I told her, I was, it was very frantic. I was like, I don't want to go, Grandma. I don't want to go. But she told me it was okay that, you know, I had to. I had no choice in the matter. And, and in a weird way, you know, once again, I, I was having to let go of her. But it was, it was different. You know, it was all it was all just sort of maybe a dream, but like, I've never had a more cathartic experience than getting to say goodbye, even if it was just a dream. Even if it's not really real, it was, it was real enough. Yeah, yeah, it, was, it wasn't like a sad thing. It was, it was just so beautiful to have that. That's something that always catches me up in media, too. Like, uh, someone being able to say goodbye. <laughs> like, I, I read a book, like, just the other day. Uh, it's called Annika by okay. Andre Fenton. Which, shameless plug, uh, Andre Fenton is an author I know from Nova Scotia. He's young, mm -hmm. he's upcoming, he's amazing, he's got really good stories. Annika is a wonderful book. It's about... Emotion and grieving and returning to places that you haven't been to for a while, seeing the after effects of time. Overall, there's something for everybody in there. I think we all have experienced grief, and I think if you are experiencing grief, then Annika is something really important to read. Right. And that, like, I was, I read that on my break at work, and I had to like return to work, like puffy eyed, <laughs> puffy -eyed like eyed, crying, yeah. <laughs> crying in the break room, just being like, what. <laughs> Could you imagine getting to say goodbye? <laughs> yeah, anything like that? Anything like that? Uh, the, like, could you imagine getting to say goodbye? Yeah, yeah, it gets me every time. Uh, now, now I'm gonna start delving into the to the real shit. You know the oh, what this the, isn't the, 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 the rest of it hasn't been yeah. real shit yet. <laughs> None of it's real. It's all dreams. Trigger warning for those listening. Um, I am going to start talking about subjects such as depression and uh, weight, like body image problems. There's going to be a couple things about that, you know, mental illness in general. Because there's a lot uh, about our mental illness that we can find in our dreams. There's a lot of things we can tell ourselves in our consciousness. A lot of lies we can tell ourselves about things, a lot of fabrications, but there is no greater truth than what our dreams will reveal to us about ourselves. So like we were saying earlier, mirrors. Mirrors, I don't want to say are, are a do not. Mirrors are a very good learning tool uh, for ourselves. Mirrors will reveal to us what we truly think. Look at yourself in the mirror. What do you see? Your face and your body, of course, obviously, dum-dum. But how do you see it? Do you like the way you look? Do you tell yourself you like the way you look? Do you turn at night thinking about how you wished you looked different? Mirrors and dreams will reveal to you how you really perceive yourself. I've had a long history of mental illness and being a heavier person. I've generally always hated my body. I'm 230 pounds and five foot six. I look like if Super Mario had depression. 
The times I've looked at myself in mirrors in a dream were very intense, to put lightly. I recently dreamt that in the mirror, I was about 100 pounds heavier. My skin was flushed and red and I was sweating like a pig. My cheeks were puffy, my hairline was receding and I was balding. I barely fit into the clothes that I was wearing. I had these strange lumps underneath my skin, on my face, my arms, my body. It was horrid. It was terrible. It was this awful human looking back at me in my reflection. But I was able to wake up from that and appreciate that what I saw, in fact, was not how I legitimately look. I was able to critically think about the standards I set for myself and also my terrible self-image and acknowledging that I perhaps do experience some degree of body dysmorphia, which is when our own self-image is so corrupted by our thoughts and anxiety that we can only see ourselves uh, for the perceived flaws that we zero in on in our conscious mind. And I'd still say that wasn't the worst me I've seen in a mirror during a time in my life where my struggle with depression was greater than I could handle. I dreamt that I was driving in a car with friends, and then a voice in my head told me to crash the car. And looking around me, the car was empty. My friends were no longer there. And when I looked into the rearview mirror, I wasn't in the driver's seat, but I saw this beast made of ever-flowing black ink with piercing white eyes staring back at me. And I know that when, when I lucid dream, I can typically wake myself up from a lucid dream just by screaming really loudly. Screaming loudly typically pulls me out and I can wake up and be okay again. But when I tried to scream, this ink monster began to fill my throat with ink, drowning the sound out of my screaming, making me not able to wake up, and it was filling my lungs to the point that I eventually woke up in real life because I stopped breathing in real life. And whether that was an effect of the dream or whatnot, like, it was still very jarring. And I've, I've had a few dreams that I've woken up because I wasn't breathing anymore. The usually very intense scenarios of the like. But again, you know, it was... I, I do appreciate being able to see myself like that in a mirror because I'm able to wake up and sort of accept the hard truth that my mental state right now is <laughs> in not a good place and now is a good time to seek help you know now's the time to reach out to people and try and sort it out because otherwise I'm going to experience things like that again yeah pretty heavy shit eh <laughs> So I, I wouldn't necessarily not look at mirrors if I were an avid lucid dreamer, but I'd just at least prepare yourself to see something that you might not expect to be there, just in case. So now we have everything we need from diet to things to remember while you're dreaming to things that you need to do while you're awake. I guess there's nothing really left to do, but to dream. We want to give a huge thank you to Kyle Hare for giving us his expertise in the realm of dreaming. 
You can find him on Instagram at L underscore Kylo, L Kylo, or on Twitter at L Kylo Hair. Those links will be in the description. If you have any ideas of what other discrepancies of the universe you would like to explore, you can email us at discrepanciesoftheuniverse at gmail.com, or you can find us on Instagram at discrepanciespodcast. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Riel. And I'm Sarah. Over and out. Zzz. <laughs>